to another episode of Track Nerds, episode three by my count, and we got a lot to talk about here. We're going to try to do it here in less than an hour, and with me today is Cody Giefer, who you may have heard in our best of 2018 movie roundup, but we're going to talk a little more about the Oscars and just kind of some other things in the world of Cody Giefer. Cody, how's it going? I'm good, good. So before, I know we're going to talk about the Oscars, we're going to dive right in, those were just last night, but I also literally just got home from track practice, so I thought for this podcast in particular, that just seems super appropriate to rush home from track practice and immediately log on to Skype to talk to you about the Oscars. So I'm like, that's, that's just, that just epitomizes what I kind of want track nerds to be and this podcast to be. So Great first day. The The weather here is supposed to turn very wintry soon, but today was yeah. nice. We were in shorts and a t-shirt, and it, it was great. Good first day. The kids were excited. I'm excited to get the track season going, but uh, we'll, we'll come back to some more of that at the end. But let's let's dive right into the Oscars, and I might even, might even let you kind of take the lead here because you might have uh, questions ready that I hadn't really thought about yet. So thoughts? I guess we'll start off. I really like that there was not a host. I think that worked really well. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about it, but I think that's kind of the point that... Yes, exactly. So yeah, my mom pointed out a couple hours in something to that effect that like, oh, it's kind of nice without a host. I'm like, oh, huh. I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah, because they just had the really the one part at the beginning with the three, with Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, and Maya Rudolph. Yes, who kind of did like, uh, we'll pretend we're the host for three minutes here and then just move on. Yeah, yeah. And although I'm one, and I don't know where you are on this, but I've never really had an issue. Like every year, it seems like they get a host, they're kind of excited, and then every, and then the internet blows up the day after the Oscars and said why it sucks every year. And I'm always the person who's like, yeah, it was fine. Like I'm never overly excited about it, but I'm never really disappointed in it either. Like it's always just fine, and I kind of feel the same this time. Yeah, it was fine. Like, with a host, without a host, whatever, it all works. It's the Oscars. It's, it was still fun and kind of gave me what I wanted to get, I guess, out of it. Yeah, I guess it just kind of always is what it is. Right, and I, and we've talked before about I don't see why they always feel this need to chase viewers. And, okay, actually, time out, because I forgot to plug in my microphone. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Yeah, now, the best idea I heard that I absolutely loved is what if the Muppets became, like, the permanent hosts of the Oscars. Oh. Yeah, I guess I don't really have any affiliation toward... Like, I don't know any of the Muppets that well and don't really care. Um, okay, fair enough. And I'm not necessarily, like, a huge Muppet person, but I think since everyone's going to rag on the hosts anyway, you can almost just do... And even doing it very minimally would actually be the best way to do it. Just have, like, Kermit gives a quick little intro like the ladies did last night. And you just have a Muppet, you know, periodically pop up and introduce a segment. And then, of course, the best part would be the Statler and Waldorf mocking everybody as we go to commercial uh, up in the yeah, balcony see, there. I, I don't know. I feel like they're losing viewership because my generation is not tuning in. And that wouldn't make my generation tune in. We don't care about the Muppets at all. Okay, Fair enough. So I, last, I just, yeah. No, I can't, I can't fault you for that. And so last night was basically about your best version or what would you change to the ceremony? Yeah, well, one thing I, you said was that the viewers, you don't understand why it's such a big deal. Yes. So I think it's a huge deal because this is behind the Super Bowl, the second, this is the second most watched event on TV every year. Well, you think about the Super Bowl with the commercials and how expensive those commercials are. 
the commercials that they're putting on are more expensive than if it's an episode of This Is Us or an episode of Big Bang Theory or something like that. So I do think it is a big deal because the viewers going down, there's going to be less advertisers, and this is a very big money-making opportunity for ABC. And I get all that, but I guess what I don't get is what are they thinking they're going to change? So it's already that. It's already everything you just said. What are the Oscars actually going to do that's actually going to affect that number significantly? I think get it under three hours. Which they've basically shown they're not willing to do. Which they, I know, but I think they need to do that. They need to put documentaries and shorts its own separate thing. I'll have it on a different night? Yeah, no one cares about those at all. No one has heard of any of them. Now, they also, though, took some heat when they were going to move some awards to the commercials, but that wasn't the shorts, though, right? That was, like, cinematography and some other stuff that's actually yeah, important. Well, actually, well, yeah, that people actually know the names of the movies. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, even cinematography was one, too. I was like, really? The actual filming of the movies you're going to just ignore? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk specifically about awards. I would say there were only... Well, one big surprise and one little surprise, uh, kind of near the end. Uh, and it, uh, you want to lead on there? What, what surprises you saw? Well, yeah, I mean, we'll start with Glenn Close not winning. Right. So that was the first one of the night where you know we're kind of talking that we you know we mentioned during the week that it would kind of be her lifetime achievement award. I guess or I guess we talked about that on our best of 2018 recap, and. I was just kind of taking it as a given. Or I think I even kind of said Olivia Coleman, and then you're like, no, 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 Glenn Close. I'm like, oh, yeah, obviously, the whole, she's, yeah. she's winning everything. And you saw how shocked Coleman was. She's well, like, And that was the best speech of the night. Oh, by far. Oh, how, it, was, <laughs> it was so good. Her, her, the last words of her speech were literally, Lady Gaga. <laughs> yes. She just kind of pointed and said Lady Gaga and then walked off the stage. It was amazing. Uh, and, and Glenn Close took it in stride and they even had a little moment between the two women where they were, you could just tell Colin Winston was sincerely surprised and Glenn Close is like, basically you go girl. Right. I mean, she, she didn't seem to be too upset by it, which, which no. again, not that that surprises me. She's, she's the kind of the consummate professional, but you've seen years where the people who don't win are upset and they cut to them in the audience and it's really awkward. And I did, I didn't get that vibe from Glenn close, which uh, props to her for that. Yeah. Um, let's save the other surprise for the end. I would agree. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are in love. <laughs> so was it, was it you or there was, someone was basically saying like, they for sure hooked up during the filming. Like there's no doubt. <laughs> they had to. Yes. Uh, and, and I don't I, know what either of their relationship Gaga, statuses are or anything. Well, Gaga just broke up with her fiance last week. Oh. Oh, fiance? And, yeah, fiance. Interesting. So you think in the next few weeks or months where it's going to come out that they're in a relationship or they're well, going to keep well, it on the DL? Cooper, Bradley Cooper has is with his baby mama. So, and she's absolutely gorgeous. She's like a Russian model. Oh, was she with him there last night? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, right. And she was in between Bradley and Gaga. Right, yes. Probably very, very strategic on her part. Yes, and just the way they looked at each other while they sang that song. But with his baby mama in the audience, are they good? Maybe they're just good actors. I don't know. I don't really remember, like, so I, I think the, what you do lose by not having a host is the little s- skits and things, like, as far as memorable moments, like, I actually enjoyed when they went next door with some of the uh, actors and got a surprise to people next door, when they brought in pizza, and I, people kind of complain about that kind of stuff, but 
I kind of always found it charming, you know, with Ellen or whoever. But so we kind of lost a lot of those moments, but it was a little more streamlined, I guess, was just kind of getting to the awards. And they kind of let them talk a little more with the speeches. I still hate, though, when everyone just rants off a bunch of names. I'd rather you talk about hope or following your dreams or tell me a quick little story about the director. Like, I dig that stuff. When you're just reading off a list of names, I feel like they're just wasting everyone's time. So important, yeah. And there are a couple of speeches where it was, they just, I was like, what are they saying? They're just naming names or they're saying, like, Spike Lee, I didn't understand the first two minutes of his speech. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, not surprising to see him go a little political, although he didn't go as political as he could have, for sure. But well, Our, our yes. president did, did tweet about it today. About <laughs> it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that seems part of like part of his part of his job. Let's see another oh, another thing that was awesome for me was so you know how they introduced each best picture with a someone that wasn't really a filmmaker? Oh yes. Serena announcing a star is born. Nice, yes, yes. For for me, I don't know if you know my love of Serena. Oh, we, yeah, and so in our group text, I know you've kind of sent uh, multiple Serena pro Serena oh, messages. Yes. yes. Yeah, she's the greatest athlete of all time. And just my two worlds colliding for that was awesome. Oh, right, because then Star Wars Born was your favorite movie there. And... Yeah, and I, cause I knew she was going because I saw on her Instagram that she was getting ready for it and, to go to the Oscars. I thought she was just going. I didn't know she was presenting anything. Oh, cool. So what I do, I do like how they introduce each Best Picture winner, or sorry, nominee, but <laughs> I I think go longer. That was like a 30-second clip. They could have got a two-minute clip for each movie in that same kind of format, and I would have been totally on board with that. I also enjoy when they showed the longer clips that they did for each of the acting nominations, and I felt like the Best Picture nominations weren't any longer than each little acting clip. And I, I almost think focus on focus on that. Like lean, I think that's a good thing to lean into that's entertaining, and those are kind of the key awards we're all focused on anyway. So I think I think I'd like to see more of that because there's been years where they leave it out altogether, and that's that's no fun. Yeah. Um, speaking of when they show the clips of the best actors, the best actress, Rami Malek scene with just him lip singing. I thought of you at that moment too. I was like, that is a terrible scene to pick because that's the biggest thing that I have, biggest beef I have with this movie is that he didn't sing. Bradley Cooper sang. Christian Bale got fat. Like, he didn't sing in the movie. And the clip they show is him lip syncing. Now, here's going to be my counter argument. And again, we brought this, I brought this up last night watching with my family because I knew, I knew you were thinking exactly what you were thinking when that happened. But mm-hmm. so. I totally get where you're coming from, and I don't even necessarily disagree. But I think to play devil's advocate, I would say, well, what if you had an actor with another particular skill? Would you be upset that, oh, well, they didn't really learn to climb a mountain? Well, why, that's a bunch of crap. So-and-so can really climb a mountain. Like, it's a skill that he doesn't have, and he's portraying someone who has that skill. Just because it happens to be his voice, I don't think is necessarily disqualifying from everything that else that goes into that performance. Mm, I kind of disagree. Tom Cruise jumps off big buildings. Yes, but he's it, everything's made sure that he's going yes. to be safe and all those kinds of things. Or I'm sorry, like Whiplash. I don't know to what degree the guy learned to play drums in Whiplash. And I think he did some, but I don't know if he did it all. Or you'll see close-ups of playing the piano. Or, or again, what if it's a close-up magician and it's, it's their hands? Oh, but it's, no, it's the stunt guy's hands who's actually a magician. Like, where do you draw the line between... Oh, I get that. But then, but then there's also performances where... This person did learn to sing. They did learn to play the guitar. 
And I just feel like that's a better acting performance because they that's not what they're used to, and they changed themselves to be able to do this. So I guess it's not taking away from Rami as much because I'm sure he did a good job being Freddie Mercury when it wasn't singing. But there are people who learn to sing, learn to play the guitar, and so that bothers me. Okay, so basically he he's awarded no bonus points, and so why are we giving the award to someone who got no bonus points? Where like like you said, Bale gets bonus points for the physical transformation. Yeah, okay, fair. One other thing with Rami, and then I'll quit complaining about Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) In his speech, he called Freddie Mercury a gay man. Okay. Freddie Mercury never came out. We have no idea. He was most likely bisexual, because he had relationships with men and women. Now, you also haven't seen the movie, and and, and I don't know enough about the real life, but in the movie, they kind of have the moment where he comes out as bi, and his wife says, point blank, Freddie, you're gay in the movie. So I don't know what the real life is or what. And, and I don't know. I mean, I haven't done any research, but I, I, I don't know. Just everything that I saw today and yesterday on Twitter was that he never made an announcement of he never came out even privately. Gotcha. And so then Rami Malek's up there, calls him a gay man when we don't know that. Gotcha. So then that could just be Rami going based on what the scriptwriter's decision and Rami himself might not have done the extensive research there. Yeah, but I mean, he just wins Best Actor for portraying this person. You think that he would have learned everything about him? Yeah, well, yeah that is that is kind of interesting. It actually reminds me of, have you ever seen the Kevin Klein movie In and Out? No. You might get a kick out of it. So the whole idea is that he's a high school teacher at this, oh, I think it's a small-ish town. And a local kid from there has gone on to become a famous actor and wins an Oscar. And in his Oscar speech, he thanks this particular high school teacher played by Kevin Klein, And he outs him as gay, but he's not out. He's not gay. He's so then the whole community now thinks like, oh, wait, you're gay. Like the guy just outed you at the Oscars. And so it becomes this whole thing of is he's gay? Is he not? And dealing with someone publicly outing you when you yourself are not out. Hmm. So, anyway, that kind of made me think of it with, obviously, Freddie yeah. Mercury's dead. But just imagine that yeah. if you were alive and then had to deal with the repercussions of mm-hmm. of uh, being someone else outing you, I guess, like you're saying. Yeah. Interesting. Those are all the points I have until we get to Best Picture. Yeah, and I, I think we're ready to just dive into Best Picture here. All right. Um, I'll, I'll go first because I think you feel more strongly than I do. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Roma did not win because it's a Netflix movie. We talked about this the other day. You disagreed, but I hold true to that belief. I think it was less about the Netflix-ishness of it and more just about the people. Enough people were kind of maybe bored with it and weren't super excited about it winning, whereas I think Green Book is the crowd-pleaser kind of movie. Yeah, with Green Book, I was talking to Dan about it, explained to him today. I'm like, so Green Book is about racism, and so is Black Klansman. Green Book makes the white man feel good about racism at the end, as in, oh, we're past this, it's not that big of a deal. Whereas Black Klansman is like, no, this is still an issue. And I, the more I think about it, the more it makes me upset, the more I thought about it after last night, the more it makes me upset that it did win. Because it kind of was like, oh, you know, there are racist people, and then they change, and then it's a good world. And then Black Klansman is like, hey, there's racist people. They don't really change. There's still a lot of it in our country. Right, and what are we going to do about it? Or, mm-hmm. or or we need to be aware of it. And actually, someone yeah. on Twitter last night, I, I saw, 
said something to that effect that basically it's like, oh, yeah, Hollywood takes yet another chance to pretend that racism is over. Yeah. Bike got up. and Did you see this? That he got up and left when they announced Green Book? I did not see that. So he gets up, walks to the back. The usher security guard said, no, you need to go back to your seat. So he goes and sits back in his seat until the awards are until their speeches are done. And now I did see a clip of him getting interviewed after it. And <laughs> he did express his disagreement, but he was jovial about it. He also said, every time someone's driving someone, I lose. Do the Right Thing lost to uh, Driving Miss Daisy. But Do the Right Thing wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. But yes, in 1989, with Spike's, you know, another big movie, was also Driving Miss Daisy. And then, so, now what's interesting, so you and I went through and kind of simulated the Oscar voting to see kind of what we thought, how we thought it could break down. And again, for those who don't know, the it's a ranked choice ballot. So if I get if I'm an Oscar voter, and we'll say for for the actual finals, we'll forget about the nomination process. But I'm going to rank the eight best picture nominees in my order of preference. And the movie with the least amount of first place votes gets eliminated, and then all those ballots. And again, uh, you and I, Cody, guessed that it was Vice. We thought we get the fewest amount of number one votes so all say the vice ballots are now eliminated and all of those ballots get redistributed to the other seven movies based on their number two choice and then you do that again eliminate the number seven movie redistribute those based on the next movie on its list until you basically have one movie left standing is it is it one movie left standing or fit or whenever a movie hits 50 percent? because if you could you could get to 50 and still have three movies right that is true because it could technically yeah. be 50, 25, 20, 25, or whatever. Yeah. So, yes. But anyway, you and I simulated it and we came down to Roma and Green Book with it basically being a coin toss whether enough, say, Star Wars Born people had Roma or Green Book higher. And I kind of, I think, wishfully thinking said, well, okay, it'll probably be slightly, meaning more of them will be Green Book, but not enough to surpass Roma's already existing lead at that point. But basically it looks like I'm going to guess if you broke it down, we were probably not off by a lot and it just flipped the other way where yeah. it was almost a coin toss between Roma and Green Book and Green Book got it as basically being everybody's fourth favorite movie of the year. So the reason I guess this upsets me and it's, and I and I completely understand where Spike is coming th- com- coming from because I get we can't say it's objectively better, but I like Green Book. Green Book's a good movie. Everybody should see Green Book. But in my in my opinion, it's objectively not near as good a movie as Black Klansman. I would agree. So as far as just, you know, basically everything that goes into making a movie, like just Green Book is, is easy. It's a well-done, easy movie that we've seen before, and it doesn't tread any new ground. And so calling it the best movie of the year is basically like saying... Applebee's is the best restaurant in America because everybody has it in their top 10 somewhere. So, and, and, and that's not the best example, but like we understand there's better food out there, but everyone at least agrees that Applebee's is okay. So I think that's what we got with Best Picture. Everyone agrees there's better movies than Green Book out there, but no one could agree on what that better movie was. So you all just said, okay, fine. We all think Green Book's the third best movie, so we'll give it the prize for best movie of the year. And I was... Fairly upset by it just because basically the only movie that would have upset me more is probably Black Panther because I think that's even more to the uh, – it's the largest mass audience movie on the list. Any of the other eight, I would have been totally fine with – you know, it was the, you could you could say favorite, you know, Roma, 
or even uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I would almost probably get behind more than Green Book, even though I might have liked Green Book better. I just feel like it's nothing special. It's just nothing special, and that's kind of demoralizing. I mean, is it as bad as Crash winning? No, so it's interesting then, too, and I wonder if that's just you know how I've changed as a film viewer. That year, because the big controversy was Crash versus Brokeback, Brokeback Mountain, Mm-hmm. That, that year at the time, and I have not rewatched them recently, but Crash was my favorite movie that year. So, see, okay, I agree because I saw them later. I saw them around 2010 when I really got into watching movies, and I, um, th- I agree. I think that Crash was the best movie that year. So, and I think some people might have thought it was easy, like Green Book, but I, I think it was different with all the multiple narrative lines, and I enjoyed it. I need, I do need to rewatch it. And again, I'm not saying Green Book's bad, it, but again, it, the Driving Miss Daisy thing is the best comparison by far because it's the exact same thing. Driving Miss mm-hmm. Daisy is a good movie. I like Driving Miss Daisy. I'll watch it again. It beat out great movies. I mean, stuff like Born on the Fourth of July and my, you know, it was something like Mile of Foot might have been the Roma for that year, where it's kind of this boring little family piece, but you know, this great work of art that had this great performance by Daniel Day Lewis and Do the Right Thing isn't even nominated. Glory that year isn't even nominated. When Harry Met Sally would have been a nice choice is if for maybe more of a mainstream, but one of the best romantic comedies ever made. And Drive Miss Daisy was just this movie that everyone was like, Yeah, it's fine. It's everybody's number four choice. So we'll just go with it for the best movie of the year. And was that before the preferential balloting? Now, that I do not know. I, I, I thought they've kind of always done it that way. I don't know if that's something that shifted at some point. That'd be worth uh, doing some research on, I guess, and maybe mention it at a later point. I forget where I read this, and I think it was on an Academy site at some point or another, but basically the thought was the whole idea behind the Oscars is to reward the movies that have advanced film art and sciences were because that's, that's what the academy is it's like the motion picture academy of film arts and sciences so mm-hmm. you're awarding the films that advanced it that basically took movies in new places that they've never been in some way whether oh that's that's editing we've never seen before so they get the oscar oh we've never seen special effects like that so they get an oscar and again coming back to green book it didn't do it. we've seen it before it was a really mm-hmm. well done version of something we've seen a million times yeah. And the one that comes to mind, because a lot of people were bummed when, say, The Artist won, because it was just kind of not serious enough and was kind of light. But again, I really liked The Artist because I thought it was clever and original. And doing a silent movie in the 21st century, I thought was was neat. And I remember, I think Steve Martin was either the host or one of the presenters mentioned, how dare they just make a really good movie that everybody likes? So I guess that could be the argument for Green Book, that hey, you know what? They made a really good movie that everybody liked, even if it wasn't as good as some other works of art this year. I don't think I would have been able to handle art, the artist. <laughs> did you Wait, did you ever even watch it? No. Yeah, black, black no. and white, black and white. And, like, no dialogue. You didn't need it! <laughs> I don't know. I might watch it eventually. We'll see. Um, Actually, since 2001, The Artist is the only movie I haven't seen that won Best Picture. Okay, and you were kind of for a little bit kind of working your way backward there, right? Like trying to trying yeah. to hit them all. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just as you find time, I do I do suggest doing that again. It's almost you know I've talked about the concept of movie vegetables before. You know, movies that like you should watch just because they're good for you, not because you necessarily enjoy them. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so I mentioned it was the first day of track practice. I'm really excited. We should have a really good team this year. And you did say with your new job, you will probably not be able to coach this spring. Is that correct? Yeah, I won't be able to. Okay, so, but just just, uh, just talk to me like you, uh, I know you, you were able to coach both track last spring and then cross country at the same school, I believe, this fall. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just kind of talk about that experience of having having been an athlete and, you know, kind of enjoying these sports when you were younger and then getting back in and, and seeing things from the coaching side. Yeah, so I coached middle school track and cross country. I had a lot of fun with it. It was different for me because it was middle schoolers and I don't really know how to interact with middle schoolers very well. Okay. Because I don't really... I can't. I think the last time I really interacted with them was when I was early high school or in middle school myself. Because right. none of my cousins are that age yet, so it was just a little different. And then, but I, so I kind of took the approach of okay, I'm just gonna treat these kids like I would anybody else. I'll just watch my mouth a little right. better. <laughs> and I think that they enjoyed that a lot because I just talked to them like they were a human being. Whereas you know some of the other coaches kind of you know talk not talk down but just talk to them like they were younger and didn't really know anything. So I think that was one thing that really helped me with being able to connect with them. I was incredibly lucky that we had a, especially on the girls' side, a phenomenal team. Yes, I've seen the times that you were talking about the, those girls ran, and I'm just like, you have like multiple future D1 runners on your cross-country team, and I'm like, this is nuts. Yeah, I mean, our 4 by 8 girls 4 by 8 had last year from middle school track had the fastest time in the state. Right, right. And then and, we go into fall and then we go into fall for cross country and we run at a, and this was we had lost our best runner from track. She's in high school. She got sixth at state as a freshman. And then we go into a meet and it was it's the fifth biggest in the country and the biggest in Michigan and they got first by quite a bit and wow. it was a giant meet. So I was really lucky to have just really talented girls. And then the guys side, especially with cross country, really surprised me. We had a couple kids that came out that I didn't have for track the year before that we our girls never lost a meet and our boys only lost two. Oh wow yeah that's that's uh so i was i was spoiled really yes yes and is that something do you think just kind of so you'll definitely kind of maybe just keep your eye out in the future if you know as as work allows if you'd definitely be willing to get back into it if uh you can make it work with your yeah i loved it um i loved making workouts for the kids i am not at the point right now where i could run with them so i would ride my bike with them which actually i think worked out better because it allowed me to go from one group to the other pretty fast yes yes. which was really really nice that's something i've noticed how i've kind of I tend to deal with that in cross country, especially I'll just kind of wait and kind of everybody starts running and I might even give them a few minutes and then I'll kind of work my way up the back half of the pack. And then my assistant coach is usually up with the top pack and then I'll kind of maybe turn around early. So I still try to, well, if we do say an out and back, I'll still try to keep contact with everybody during a run, but then I may be running half as far, but then I can also run quicker because yeah. I, I go crazy if I'm trying to run if I get 10, 11 minutes a mile. Like I, I, it's like physically and mentally painful. I don't know. I just can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I'd, I'd yeah. rather be on a bike. Like you said, uh, if I was going to be running with a slower group like that. Yeah. The bike was great. Um, are you doing anything you had mentioned? Cause oh, like you said you guys were going to Mexico or something. You mentioned, uh, trying to get back into working out to get, get in a little better. Yeah, shape. I actually did a very good job last week. I'm proud of myself. Um, I 
started working out with the it's an app called the Nike Run Club and the Nike Training Club. Okay. And so I, there's a four week program for both of them. The running one is just basically I you put in there how many miles you run right now. So I put zero. So I ran three days last week. It would have been five, but I was too sore two of the days. So I did. I've been doing that. I'm actually when we're done talking, I'm going to go to the gym nice. to run because it's nice. way too cold here to run outside. And then doing the training thing, the Nike training club, the one that I picked is more body weight stuff. And then that way I can just do it at home. Is this a free app or do you pay for a little? Yeah, no, it's actually free, which was awesome. Nice. Yeah, because sometimes anytime anybody's going to give you like actual workout plan, they're going to want to charge you for that. So that's kind of neat that it's free. Yeah, because I looked at a bunch of different ones and this one seemed like the best. And they actually have some like Nike athletes that come in and they do. So there's a voiceover for everything for the workouts. And the workouts, what's nice is I can cast it to my TV. And it's just a video of that person doing what the exercise is. So like squats or leaning lunges, things like that. So they'll have athletes come in. I know there's one, it's not on the program I'm on right now, but there's one later that Serena did. And Russell Wilson, uh, Ronaldo, a bunch of different, you know, famous Nike athletes. Huh, and that's a free app. What did you say the app was called again? Uh, there's the Nike Run Club and then the Nike Training Club. Okay, I will have to check those out. That sounds actually kind of neat. Yeah, so then they have different ones just based on where you're at physically. Right. Of what you when you and you put in there, you know, you say how much you do work out or what you do do, and then it basically builds your program or your plan for the week or for the. I'm on a four week one right now, huh. um, so I, I'm planning on just doing that the four week, and then going from there and adding more stuff in and adding more in more weights in, at like because I have a membership to Planet Fitness, which I know a lot of people talk down on Planet Fitness, but it's ten bucks a month and it has everything I would ever need. So I don't really care. Gotcha. And I've I've never been in one, but I of course I have the advantage I can just go in and lift at the school. So I've never really had to mess with getting a membership anywhere else or whatever. I've just been doing that, and I did yoga every day last week. Nice, nice. There's a I went through different YouTube pages to find one that I see that I thought I would like, and this one I do like. There was, and she has a like a 30 day thing for beginner people, so it's just easy stuff to get you used to yoga and then i'll probably go on from that and i've enjoyed it actually i'm very unflexible like i had to go get a physical for my new job and the doctor asked me to touch the ground without bending my knees i was like that's not gonna happen that's not even gonna (laughs) so it's it's been nice i enjoy it it's just something i can do at home it's on youtube so i just cast it to my tv and then i do it nice the other day, at the end of it, she has you lay down just completely flat and just relax. And I'm laying down with my eyes closed. And then all of a sudden, something just hits me in the face. My dog, Gronk, brought his tennis ball over and wanted to play and scared the <laughs> heck out of me. So is your eyes closed and all of a sudden you get a tennis ball in the yep. face? <laughs> I think somehow I didn't hear him or anything come over. And then a tennis ball just hits me in the face. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's weird because he he's old and lazy now and he never wants to play with toys and then he for some reason wanted to that day maybe he was just making sure you were okay like he's just laying there like he's dead i guess i better hit him in the face (laughs) if he doesn't get up i'm eating him yeah yeah i'll have to try something no no, that's gonna be hard for me too i I did a good job of lifting this winter but with track practice starting like normally i would have been lifting today and i'm now i got a debate wow do i really want to i just feel so exhausted after practice do I really want to go now up and back up to the weight room and lift or will I just kind of maybe stay here? Yoga is actually probably the best thing to do. If I just did some yoga or something like while I'm watching TV this evening, that'd probably be the best thing to do. And I need to, need to do a better job of doing something 
every day, even if it's not much, I'd rather do a little something every day to just be like, oh, well, I don't have time to lift for half an hour, so I won't even do anything. See, and that's kind of the mindset I've made myself do. I'm like, even if it's just something every day, just do it. So I've done the yoga every day. There were days like yesterday where I wasn't feeling very well from the night before. And I was like, I, I'm not going to be able to work out today, but I can at least get the yoga in. Right. And yoga is something too, where obviously it's become more and more popular over the last couple of decades. But I still think people, honestly, like you, you, you and me, where we're not super flexible, we're like, we'll try to stay away from it. But I don't think even think that's the point. Like, I think just take some time for yourself, relax, challenge yourself a little bit with these various poses, but just trying them is the workout. You don't have to be able yeah. to do them. So, and she, the one, the one that I use, her name is, her last name is Fight Master. So they call it Fight Master Yoga. Yeah, that's perfect. And yeah. And so one thing I really like, when she's saying, she's like, if you can't hold it, do this or uh, on your hip, if it puts too much pressure on your hips, don't go all the way down. Like she knows the things that it could give struggles to people. And especially since this is the beginner's class that she has, she's like, hey, if this doesn't work for you, you can do it this way. Although I will say, I, uh, with uh, with one of my sophomore sprinters about a month ago, it was just kind of a an easy day for us or whatever. So I threw on, on my phone. I just went to YouTube, like beginners yoga, found some lady's channel, and it was like her very first thing, you know, super for beginners. And we it just kicked our butts. Like it was ten was minutes, it? and we couldn't do any of it. And we were like crying, and I'm like, this is where you begin. Was it yoga with Adrian? possibly i don't remember okay, but that sounds I, right I've, had, I've talked to two different people about the yoga thing two people or two friends of mine i know that do it and they both said oh do you do it with her and i'm like no because i looked at hers and hers seemed way too hard to begin with okay so she has maybe the wrong idea of what a beginner is Mm-hmm. so maybe once i do this beginner i'll switch to her beginner and it'll actually when i'm intermediate it'll actually work there you go. There you go. She's a great, she has great beginner videos for intermediate level people. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's get into a little bit of travel then. Now, where'd you guys say you were going? We went, what was the trip you had coming up? It'll be in June. It's with the four of us, my family. Hi, mom. And we're going to Playa del Carmen, a resort there. Playa means beach. Yes. And the beach looks awesome. And it's about an hour south of Cancun. I have not done the all-inclusive. It's an all-inclusive. And I haven't done the all-inclusive thing before. My family, my my mom, dad, and brother have. They went to Jamaica a few years back. And I just started a new job. So I wasn't able, I didn't have vacation time. Mm. They enjoyed it a lot. So I was, I'm kind of apprehensive because I just don't, when I vacation, I want to be able to go do things. I don't want to just like sit around and drink, which trust me, I enjoy doing that. But you're like, but, I can do that at home. Why do I need to go exactly. to Mexico to do that? Yes. So, but looking at the stuff at the website, I've done a lot of research. I think it will be fun. There's tons of different stuff at the resort that you can do. And then also we're one day we're going to go to the Mayan ruins. Oh, nice. So I think it'll, I'm very much looking forward to it. Okay. And I'm, I'm definitely the same way. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't drink, but I definitely don't stop moving on my vacations. I was like, I understand the appeal for going to the beach and lounging around, but I want, it's, it's the, it's the input. I want input. So I want to see things I've never seen before, do things I haven't done before. When I went to Puerto Rico, that's the exact same mindset I had. I was like, I'm probably not going to be back here because it's a small enough place that I won't come again. Right. I want to see everything there is. And Kurt and I did, and we did 
I was exhausted at the end of that. It was right. two weeks, so it was a lot, but it was we did everything. Right, and that's the yeah, I I I'm. I don't know what the status of uh, the recovery from the hurricane is in Puerto Rico, but that's definitely one I need to need to make it here too. Especially if yeah. it, oh, I'm trying to get to all 50 states. I mean, there's a there's a chance it becomes a state in the next uh, decade here. So we'll see how that plays out. I might have to go just to yeah. keep it on my state list. And then, so do you have a do you have a current passport and everything then for Mexico or whatever? I do. Uh, yeah, we went to Canada uh, two years ago. Was it two years? Was it two years ago already? Yeah, two. Well, this summer will be two years. Oh wow! Okay, I was thinking it was. I was thinking it was just. I was summer twenty eighteen. That was twenty seventeen. You guys went. My uh, cousin got married up in Michigan, and he. So my family came up for the wedding, and then we drove to Niagara from. Uh, the wedding was Detroit area, so we drove to Niagara. That's always the like mind blowing piece of trivia to me is if you're in Detroit. What direction do you go to get to Canada? And the answer is like east southeast. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Why would I go east or south from Detroit to get to Canada? It's like, well, look at a map and you'll be surprised. Yeah. And then we also I also went to Canada last summer. That's what I'm thinking. So that's two different yeah. trips to Canada. Okay. And this one we the last summer we kind of drove through. Oh, actually I'd like to talk about this trip. So we went to I'm a you know you know I'm a big beer drinker. Okay. And we went. To, <laughs> yes, uh, we went to Vermont to basically. It was a beer vacation. Oh, nice. Um, they there's a web yeah there's a website that ranks the top ten beers every year, and number one and number two have gone back and forth. One's in Michigan and one is in California, and we've had both of those. So number three is in Vermont. So we went there and we drove through Canada on our way there because it was faster than going the other way. Oh, right. So you basically you actually went to like the local breweries who had produced these award-winning beers? And basically the entire thing. So we went with Dan's brother. It was his Christmas present to us. And so all we had to do was get there and he paid for lodging. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah. So we did that and it was just, it was cheaper and to drive and then we also got to see montreal and toronto which neither of us have done nice okay i was how far away is montreal from toronto i guess i don't have that mental map i would say i think it's a seven hours oh okay so it is a ways it, it, it's more straight north of michigan and, and toronto's over closer to new york right yes okay yeah i'm debating i, I i've been to british columbia and you know in uh, vancouver and that's the only trip to Canada I've ever taken. I just spent two days in Vancouver. Did drive up from like, you know, the Washington and Portland area. And that was nice. I, I enjoyed it. I'd like to go back there too and do more. But I'm also trying to hit maybe some of these Canadian cities over the next few years. Like I've tried to hit a lot of the major U.S. cities. So Toronto is one I'm definitely kind of debating for this summer. But I also got some family stuff going on in Montana and trying to figure out if I want to tag along for that or just... Yeah, you know, skip it and go to Toronto or Montreal or something instead. Because I figure yeah. it's the summertime that I want to go up there as opposed to I don't want to go to Toronto in, you know, January. Yeah, we weren't in either city very long, but especially Toronto, but Montreal also, I would definitely want to do again. Toronto seemed awesome. We went to, he's a famous chef. His name is David Chang. We went to his restaurant. It was one of the best meals I've had in my entire life. Um, he has a TV show on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. I highly recommend everybody check it out. Okay, I've 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 heard of him. I may even heard him on a podcast at some point or another. So yeah, he's on Bill Simmons' podcast a lot. He has a podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Oh okay, 
So he's very much in your wheelhouse then. I am shocked it's taken us this long to bring up a Ringer podcast. That is that is impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I I would like to do Toronto again. Did so again, staying on the travel travel thing. Did you guys growing up take a lot of trips? Somewhat. A lot of our trips were we would go to Beaver Lake or Grand Lake with the boat. And those were in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Arkansas area. Yeah. Okay. So we would do that because we have we had my. Growing up, we had a boat, so we did that. We also, we went to Cincinnati once when I was a kid to go to a tennis tournament. It was the year Agassi was retiring. Oh, huh. So my mom wanted to do that. And I'll I'll actually be back in Cincinnati soon for training for work. And then we did D.C. when I was the summer after my senior year of high school. Okay. And obviously, I just went there last summer. Yeah. And we would also take trips to like Kansas City and Denver because I had ants living in both places. Oh, right. Is uh, Kelly still out in Denver? Yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah, her son is old enough. He's talking to recruits already, which is crazy to me. What sport? Baseball. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, Kelly played college softball or something, didn't she? Or volleyball? Basketball. Basketball. At Garden City. Okay. So, and that's where she met her husband because her husband played baseball at Garden City. Ah, okay. It's all coming together. Yeah, he was in my fantasy football league one year. Wait, in the pizza? Sh- uh... Yeah, like one year, like... Oh. That makes me so. Yeah, you you were too young then. It was like it was like 15 years ago. Okay. (laughs) Hey, don't yell at me. I didn't recruit him. It was. I know. It was all Craig. It was all Craig's fault. (laughs) It always is. Okay, let's. We're uh, both going to kind of move on for tonight. I think so. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And Cody, we'll uh, be sure to check back in with you. Kind of keep you in my regular guest rotation. So thanks a lot for contributing. I can uh, do a travel thing on Cincinnati coming up. How fun of a town that is. <laughs> there you go. I can sense your enthusiasm. <laughs> so maybe we'll follow up with you then. We'll uh, catch everybody later. See ya. See ya.